everybody, welcome back to the podcast. And uh, tonight, me and Ben are going to sit down and have our first broadcast in a while. We're just going to talk about just random questions that's going on in our lives and, I don't know, just have some freaking good conversation and hit that record button like we usually do. So sit back and relax. Episode 58, Pilgrims and Prodigals Podcast. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is uh, Keith here, joined with... It's me, Ben! And this is our first uh, broadcast in a while. We're going back to uh, the olden days, man. Yeah, it's been real serious lately. It has been. But we have really enjoyed it. We were actually supposed to have a special guest on tonight, but my brain's been on overload with my job and all of the podcasts we've been pumping out, so... Just decided to chill. Uh, actually, wasn't even planning on recording tonight until you messaged me. So yeah, I did that. Yeah. See, I'm proactive. <laughs> Clean and clear. <laughs> oh yeah. I've been helping 17 year olds uh, get more dates. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Jeez. This is a great I, way to start the podcast. I have- I had jokes, but I'm not. I'm not going to pull them a minute. A yeah. minute in. Yeah. No. <laughs> they they were not. Oh no. Family God. friendly jokes. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'll, yeah. Keith, what's up? What's? I had an idea. What if we just talked about our favorite things? I know that sounds really cliche and stupid, and it probably is. But I've never been one to care whether okay. something was stupid or not. Favorite beverage on earth, go. Oh, you know, if you would have asked me like a year ago, it would have been like coffee, hands down. But I really like whiskey, so. Like, like, like a Tennessee honey? No, I mean, I like Tennessee. You gotta pick a whiskey. You can't just say whiskey. Yeah, I like Tennessee honey on, on occasion, like Jim Beam. No, Jack Daniel, Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey. That's some good stuff. But that's like your dessert of whiskey. I think that's a good the only whiskey, <laughs> <laughs> like a good Kentucky bourbon. Oh wow, that's I could mean whiskey. I could get down with. Okay, fair just enough. like a little whiskey on ice, you know, sipping it, doing a podcast, playing some games, whatever. All right, okay. Now you ask me. All right, Ben. <laughs> I got a serious question for you. Okay. Yes. What's your favorite drink ever? Oh, hands down. Amp Energy Drink by Mountain Dew. As he stares down into I, his hand. Yeah, I <laughs> I have loved Mountain Dew from the time I was a wee young whippersnapper. Mountain Dew has been Whipping my drink of choice, mainly because it was the drink of all rebellious children, because it was out of all the pops, it was definitely the one your parents were like, don't drink Mountain Dew, it's got too much caffeine and sugar in it, and... As a rebellious eight-year-old, I was like, <laughs> this is awesome, Mountain Dew. And so then that evolved into less responsible drinks like Amp Energy, and I'm still just loving it, man. It's the, it's the, it's the essence and nature of Mountain Dew to be rebellious it is. and like the thing that you shouldn't. The Dew of the Mountain. Yeah, but it's also responsible. Well, it's more responsible than <laughs> other choices I could make. 
but it's kind of edgy. Like just my a choice. Bit. I mean, it's definitely more responsible than my choices. <laughs> my choices get me in trouble. Everything, everything in moderation, my friend. Even yeah. Mountain Dew. I struggle. I'm not the best at moderation. All right. Okay. Anyways, did you hear about uh, Mountain Dew actually lowers your sperm count? I don't, if, I don't think it's something that you're worried about, really. But yep. Got two humans as a result <laughs> of Mountain Dew. So, it, people, it is possible. Don't fear that much. You better, If Mountain Dew... Never mind. If Mountain Dew is the thing that stops you from being able to have babies, you weren't starting out with a super high sperm count to begin with. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. I've been drinking. I mean, Mountain if you're Dew. struggling with that, you know, not picking on you, but oh yeah, for sure. No, if if you need to stop drinking Mountain Dew to have a baby, children and the things mm-hmm. they bring are a much greater gift than any amount of Mountain Dew. But uh, once you have your children, then start chugging your Mountain Dew. Or if you're just you maybe try it out while you're drinking Mountain Dew, and if it works out, cool, then you're good. Or if you have a low sperm count and also don't want children. Drink Mountain Dew to help with not getting... I don't know. (laughs) Welcome to the show. There are some really good contraceptives out there. Some of them have high fructose corn syrup and 150 milligrams of caffeine in them. (laughs) Oh, man. They could market that. You think it'd be covered under Obamacare? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Dude, that's so messed up. Can you imagine a world where people are prescribed Mountain Dew... On their insurance. <laughs> this is bad. That's the Wally world right there. Oh, no, okay. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, wait, wait, wait. My okay, turn. Yeah, my turn. You, you come up with one. Uh, favorite video game of all time. Ooh. Oh, gosh. That's that's talking about modern games, uh, games that you played when you were a child, maybe even games that were before you were born. Dang. Dang. Or future games. Future? That's not real. I haven't experienced yeah. the future yet. Um, favorite that's to hint game. a little bit at my answer. Oh, whoa. Hey. All right. Okay. Uh, so favorite game of all time. Can it be a franchise? Or does it have to be one game? Like, franchise, like one, two, franchise and, and favorite version of that. Ooh. Because ooh. you can't just. That's like me just saying whiskey. Yeah. You can't just say Dragon Ball Z. No, I give, gotcha. give me an answer. I gotcha. Um <laughs> dang. F and dang. Uh I think that I'm gonna have to betray a lot of uh, really good games when I say this, but I think my favorite game of all time or at least franchise would be the Jack and Daxter franchise. Okay. I don't know if you've ever played it, but dude No, I played it. Uh, that had me on ps2 yeah that had me going through it in my younger years that was like the first game where i felt like a gamer it wasn't a hobby anymore it was a lifestyle jack and daxter you had crash bandicoot yeah that was a little before jack and daxter that was on ps1 that's when they started that they just they just released a new crash bandicoot like a the re a reprint of all the first three games yeah. They're going to do that with Spyro soon, and I guarantee you Spyro will sell Ooh. more than Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember playing Spyro when I was a kid. No, but, and out of out of Jack and Daxter's franchise, I think my favorite would definitely be Jack 3, the last iteration, because there was just so much to do. Okay. It was, I don't know, man. It, I, it hit me at the perfect age where I was like, I want to live in this world. 
and and I could I don't know I just connected with it I was at the right age, but okay. yeah Jack and Axer franchise Jack three being the king of those games. All right Keith, what's your favorite video game hands down of all time? Well, if I'm going with a uh, if you're going with a series, I would have to say Elder Scrolls for sure. Um, I was really into the Assassin's Creeds the Assassin's mm. Creeds for a long time. Yeah. Oh, I guess I could have picked Elder Scrolls as a franchise. That was a, yeah. That's a good one. I'm glad you picked it instead of me because now we can like, I'm glad it's getting represented because it deserves to be represented Oh, 100%. Well. I think Assassin's Creed would be number two. Um, okay. Until they... And, and, hey, we, did, we didn't say... I, I, I didn't get to pick a number okay, two. Okay, 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 okay. What the heck? We'll go back to you for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> All right. Number one then. All right. Elder Scrolls, 100%. Bam. Elder Scrolls. Now you have to, you have to pick the best out of the franchise. I mean... Elder Scrolls has been around for a really long time, going back to like Arena and just really bad graphic games. Yeah, dude, you could pick any of them. And, and then you had Morrowind, where you could literally use Levitate and just fly across the entire world, which they took out. Yeah, no, you could you could drink stupid. You could take like why fifty skooma and just like literally sprint up and ramp off of mountains. Yeah, like you just. Woo, Dude, great. Marwin was like the GTA of, yeah. of Elder Scrolls. It really it was. It was so free that it was broken. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Oblivion. Oblivion is when I... That was a game that I... That was the first Elder Scrolls that I played that I really got into. And I loved Oblivion. The storyline was really good. Um, I thought it was really good. And then Skyrim, obviously. I've put... Killed it. Hundreds and... Probably thousands of hours into that game. So good. Um, I think got... it's the only game that rivals GTA as far as amount of hours played by uh, mm. by its player base. Probably. And then, obviously, number one, in my opinion, best Elder Scrolls game, ESO. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, people can say what they want, but This I'm is definitely you, a controversial podcast now. Getting there you it, go. Started in the comments, people. Getting into the PVE accessibility. You're getting into the dungeons, the vet dungeons, trials, the vet trials. Getting into the PVP. They've got 4v4v4 battlegrounds. They've got, you know, your Cyrodiil, you know, capture the key, basic, you know, big PVE type thing. You know, I mean, it's just good, man. It's a yeah. good game. And a lot of people really judge it because they played it when it first came out. And totally the thing judged. Is, totally, yeah. I judged it. Well, judged the heck out of it. The thing is, if you don't... If you played it when it first came out, number one, you're going to hate its guts because it was a horrible game. Yep, totally. And the game has only been around for four years. And it's made huge leaps. And the thing I really love about The Elder Scrolls Online is uh, it's made by this company named Zenimax. And they actually... Get this, if you are a video game producer listening right now and you don't want to die like PUBG or any other game that's straight up died. Take that right in the blue hole. (laughs) Listen to your fan base. And this is something that Elder Scrolls does really good. When their fan base has a complaint, they address it, they fix it, you know, they solve the problem. And that's something that, that's the reason I, that's the main reason I love the game so much because... They really adjust to the fan base because, you know, it's just like 
being married, you know, happy wife, happy life, you know. Ooh, is that is that how it works? Happy fan base, your game doesn't die. Mm, I like that. That's so, really good. I feel but like... I'm really excited for the future, though, with uh, VR, because I really... Okay, so my theory... Oh, man. Brace yourself. This is my theory on gaming in the future. If you're a woman, fast forward this part. <laughs> so right now, in order to have a really good gaming experience you probably you need like multiple monitors you need you know a five thousand dollar computer you need all the best stuff to work with headset you know you need so like you have to invest so much money to get the best gaming experience that you can get right now i think the future of gaming is vr because what they'll end up doing and i i it'll be within the next 10, 15 years is what I think. I think that's realistic. <clears throat> yeah, I think what they're going to end up doing, especially with the new graphics cards that are coming out, that can handle this kind of stuff. Um, I think what they're going to end up doing is building huge mega servers. Um, and you just have like, have you watched like SAO, Sword Art Online? Nope, but I'm going to start soon. So pretty much what it is, is you put this helmet on and it connects to this big mega server. Um, and that connects to your central nervous system. Yeah, but I don't think we're gonna do all. That. <laughs> yeah. We're not. We're not getting into all that. But I think that's the future of VR. Is you're gonna have a headset, probably a controller, uh, headphones built into the to the helmet or something like that. You know, it's not gonna lock onto your head and dig into your spine. You know, that, that'd be Lame. weird. <laughs> I mean, someone might do it. <laughs> It probably hurt initially, but you know, if you could fly around, like, would you do that? If you could um, fly around in an imaginary world. To be completely real, uh, yes, I would want to do that. However, um, sounds like the beginning of the end to me. Anybody yeah. that's locked in a reality that they would rather be in than real life is going to be the most easily controlled and manipulated i know this sounds really conspiracy theory but i'm being real if i go into a virtual world that i would prefer over this one and someone can literally manipulate my preferred reality based on what they want and not what i want mm, i don't know about you i feel like i'm pretty strong-willed and i wouldn't do that but there are plenty of people out there that would easily be manipulated if someone was in control of their preferred reality and that's totally the case with VR. I'm not saying this is like uh, you said 15 years in the future. I'm thinking like yeah. 25, 30 years in the future, like ready player one type life. Yeah. If anyone has control over altering your reality, especially your preferred reality, that's going to be really interesting to see how speaking of be a controlled. speaking of a place where one person can alter your reality and control you. Church. Church. No, let's kidding. talk about that. All right. Um, uh, uh, let's let's make this super spiritual, Keith. All right. Yeah, because people are probably like, you're talking about games. and Yeah. Boring. I know. Oh. I didn't bring it up. Keith did. Just saying. <laughs> All right, Keith. Sorry, uh, not sorry. Okay. Favorite heresy. Go. What are you... What? what what's your, what's your favorite heresy? 
What are you talking about? What's your definition of heresy? What's your favorite thing that you believe that makes a lot of Christians believe that you're not a Christian? Oh, I mean, I don't believe in hell. Bam. Keith's favorite heresy. No hell. I mean, I was watching Game of Thrones earlier today. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Jamie Lannister was talking to uh, Ned Stark's wife after... He was, okay, spoiler alert if you haven't seen season one of Game of Thrones, okay? Because we're watching through it again. Yep, me right uh, here. I haven't seen it. Go ahead and spoil that crap. Well, just like any movie or show that Sean Bean is in, he dies. Poor guy. Quite soon, actually. Just like every other thing he's a part of. There's actually entire YouTube compilations of Sean Bean dying. No, I know. <laughs> he's really good at it. He's good at dying. Uh, he really is, though. He, he plays a part well. <laughs> my favorite sean bean death is lord of the rings for 100 sure. so heroic i have a biased view on lord of the rings so i don't it's completely factual i love it <laughs> anyways so he looks up at the lady and and he said you know she's like you know he was a good man he prayed to the gods and blah blah blah. why would you kill him and he's like your gods he's like where were your gods when his head was cut off and and she was like, want, she was crying out for like justice. Like, you know, he was a just man. You know, he prayed to the gods or whatever. And he's like, if your gods are so just, why weren't they, why didn't they intervene? If your gods are so just, why is there so much injustice in the world? And I think that's like a common question like we ask ourselves as Christians. And well, are as, you picking a second heresy here? I think so. Well, well, uh, no, we're doing favorite heresies. You got to pick one or the other. Um, I don't know. Like I, well, this isn't really a heresy. It's more of a question. My heresy was hell because okay. I don't believe in any. My, I don't believe in the definition of hell as an eternal conscious torment. I don't believe okay. in that. Okay. Um, you do. I, you do believe in a negative consequence. I believe in a that, world? like, like if you are the Bible's person, pretty. Yeah, the Bible terrible stuff. The Bible's well, because there, there's tons of terrible Christians who claim they're going to heaven. So what the do, hell do you do with do that? They, do they get terrible stuff? <clears throat> I don't know. See, I don't I was, think it's. I, was I don't think it's our job to tell people who's going to hell or not. Because you see the people heresy. cussing cussing That's people out key. on street corners with with signs telling them they're going to hell, and those are the people that claim they're going to heaven. It's like if that guy's going to be in heaven, I don't. I sure as hell don't want to be there. Well, maybe so, he'll be chill in heaven. Maybe God will like force him to mm, chill out. I don't know, man. <laughs> but back to the justice thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's an a valid question, and it's one that in my old Christian mindset I would easily throw off at like, oh well, here's the I've got all my proof text, I've got all my tabs opened up in my Bible that I conveniently carry around with me everywhere I go. <laughs> no, that's real. That's totally real. So so I know the Christianese answer, but it doesn't really make sense and there's no real answer to the fact of not fact to the question of if there if god is so just and this kind of feeds into the hell question if god is so just why is there so much injustice in the world and if god is so just why would he condemn a person to eternal torment those are two really big questions for me no, I totally get you. And that's me yeah, that's me still like I am a Christian 100%, but I 
still have these questions. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I still have them too. Uh, like I said a long time ago on the podcast is that I don't know if I will ever find the answer, but to those questions about hell and how it makes sense and why God set it up that way. I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of positivity that like the Bible offers that like people don't have to go to hell. They can believe in Jesus, but then there's also plenty of like logical questions that come up that, okay, cool. But what about like people that have never heard of Jesus or never had a chance to hear about Jesus Yeah, or people that, you know, died in Muslim countries where all they were presented with was Allah um, or good guys or, that never heard about Jesus. Like we would talk about, we used to talk yeah, about like Gandhi like he was the worst guy in the world. We used to talk, I mean, when we were evangelizing. I never talked about like the worst guy in the world. Well, when it, in terms of like. Talked about him like he went to hell though. Could you get any worse than that? <laughs> oh, I mean, heck yeah. Are you kidding me? There's like Hitler and then you go to hell and then there's like good guy like Gandhi and then you go to hell. Is there a difference? Yeah, totally, man. One gets talked about respectably. He, he's like, no, he's like, no, no, no. He's in, like in, in a book of, of quotes with Zig Ziglar, right, any, right there next to him. In in terms of eternal, oh yeah, consequence. I mean, no, God doesn't care. No, I'm just <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, saying <laughs> saying like there's a saying there's no difference. You know, say the uh, the agnostic who died not believing in mm. God, but you know, uh, went to the Peace Corps and was killed by Somalian pirates and Hitler. Those people, in the Christian term, have the same fate. Mm. So what's what's up with yeah, that? Yeah, no, that doesn't sound like justice to me, and that's... It's not. That's kind of what I was getting at, is that, like, I'll, I might not ever figure that out. I want to, and I'm not going to stop trying to figure it out. But I also, in the same breath, if I have to obtain all those answers before I move forward in my faith and just trying to follow Jesus, I'm never going to move forward in my faith and I'm never going to follow Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know, I, I personally have been presented with evidence that I feel is convincing that not that I, I can't prove to you that the Bible is all totally legit and I can't prove to you that hell makes sense. And I can't prove to you a lot of that stuff. I can reasonably defend the fact that Jesus existed was who he said he was, and rose from the dead. I feel like I can pretty reasonably defend those things. And the experiences I've had in my life line up to... Can you defend he rose from the dead, though? Um, I mean, logically and reasonably, yes. No, fact factually. We can prove oh, it. There, I mean... We can prove he walked the earth. We can prove he existed. There are non, yeah. non-partisan documents... Well, yeah, I mean, there's nonpartisan history that would also um, not quite as literally support he rose from the dead. But the course of history itself, I think, lends itself to the fact that he did actually raise from Mm -hmm. the dead. If we look at like... Like the cause and effect evidence. Like legal historical proof and reason. You put those two things together and to me it makes sense. Okay. As far as like... That's all I was asking. Yeah, as as far as like, um, I was I just know. asking, can you back it up with more than just I feel like he rose from the dead? Mm, no, no, I, I would. If you take the lives of, even if it's not one hundred percent certain, yeah, if you yeah. take the historical account, uh, nonpartisan, biblical, and non-biblical, 
of how the disciples chose to live their lives after his death versus how they felt when he died, which was completely depressed, dejected, defeated, versus steadfastly preaching a gospel that they were willing to die for, it it kind of debunks a lot of the theories that he did not raise from the dead. Like, the disciples stole his body from the tomb. Why would they do that? They, They would only do that for personal gain, and dying is not personal gain, so they would obviously give up the ruse before they would die if personal gain is what they were after. I mean, you can make arguments against that, against that, though, because there's tons of fanatics who have done some crazy shit in the name of gaining. I mean, you saw what uh, uh, Charles Manson did. I mean, convincing women to go murder people in Hollywood. I mean, they did that. There was no personal gain in what they did. So, on that point, I mean, I feel like that could be debated, but... Yeah, yeah, but as far as like I, the evidence and like the after, the after effects, and there was even um, who was a Jewish teacher that was in the New Testament when uh, the uh, Jewish people were talking about uh, after Jesus died and what to do with the church um, about the Christian church, and and he said he uh, listed off a bunch of different examples of like. Well, this person rose up and they died and their rebellion died out. And then this person rose up and they died and their rebellion died out. And he was pretty much like, um, if this Jesus is fake, his rebellion will just die out. But if it's something real, then it'll go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was. I forgot uh, forgot what his name was. I don't remember. Was it? It was in the book of Acts. Was it Nicodemus? No, it wasn't Nicodemus. I forget forget who it was, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I don't know. There's other stuff that, like, it just doesn't make sense that, like... Do you think Nicodemus was a uh, a short person? No. Because it talks about Nicodemus being short and having to climb a tree to see Jesus. Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, yeah. Zacchaeus, yeah. We need to read our do you think he, do you bi- think so? Bible coloring books more often. <laughs> do you, I haven't <laughs> opened my Bible in so long. <laughs> no, no, no. I got you. I got you. No, but before we travel down the whole rabbit trail of like why I believe that I think Jesus rose from the dead, we can do that on a different episode. But there's a lot of, I don't know, logical points that just it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense that he just – how all that happened and he didn't raise from the dead is honestly harder to believe than the opposite. I don't know. Well, we can walk down that path later, but uh, my favorite heresy is... um, What is your favorite heresy, Ben? My favorite heresy is... What do you believe that makes other Christians mad? um, I don't necessarily believe that all scripture is uh, just plain literal truth. I don't believe in the literal truth of the Bible. I believe in the spiritual truth of the Bible and all things there contained in. I think that there is a positive, real truth hidden in the Bible. And I say hidden because it doesn't make a lot of sense, that whole Noah's Ark thing. There's a lot of evidence for a flood that happened. But as far as did it all play out like the Bible story, I don't know, and I quite frankly don't care, because none of that has an impact on my spiritual life, whether there was a man who collected two of every animal and floated on the water and built a huge ark, and none of that necessarily matters, because... Well, that's the problem. That's not relevant to me. What's relevant is the spiritual implications that it has, 
I mean, there's a message therein. I think the Bible, to me, is a collection of stories that, while very possibly inspired by God, all of it, is not necessarily meant to be digested as literal truth, like a history book. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more value to it when you see it as somewhere in here is the truth of who I am and who I'm meant to be. And if I shake it through, you know, study and just process all the information in it logically, I'm going to come out a better person. Change. When you think about it, I'm going to know God. Well, when you think about it specifically with the Old Testament, it was written by, um, it was written in more of a tribalistic society. I mean, you had the Israelites, Canaanites, Philistines, different stuff, different groups like that. Um, And when you live, when. When you see books that were written in times of war, times of tribalism, times of kill or be killed, the statement is true that um, that the truth is told by the victor. Mm. So the Bible was written, the Old Testament scriptures were written by the Israelites who, you know, have been notoriously victorious in pretty much every battle they've ever been in. So, I mean... It, I just had a crazy idea. Someone someone could come to that assumption, right? If you're not necessarily like, you know, Yahweh be praised, like God is the greatest. Like if you are just someone who's like standing on the sidelines or whatever. And and it's, it's something that makes sense even to me as a Christian, right? Um, that, you know, truth goes to the victor. You know, we paint... Um, uh, the the English as the bad guys during the uh, Revolutionary War, the Keith, South think, as the bad think, guys during the Civil War. Do you think that they were good guys? You think the South was good guys? You think the British was good guys? Well, first of all, I'm even. First of all, I don't think the South. <laughs> I don't think the South were all bad guys. Slavery wasn't even the only thing they were fighting for. Granted, it was the major thing because it was um, the where all of their income came from. But there were even groups of slaves that fought for them because there were certain values that that the South fought for other than slavery. Yeah. And they the battle started because the South was trying to succeed from the United States. Not, be, not cool. They didn't start the fight. The North started to fight when the South was like, all right, you guys can change your ways. We're going to go do our thing. And then the North was like, hell no, you're not. We're going to fight you. That's when the yeah. war started. And with with the uh, with the Revolutionary War, I mean, it wasn't necessarily... I don't think it, it started as a huge conflict. Pretty much what happened is the British dumped um, bukus of money into America into colonizing it, into fighting off the uh, Native Americans and stealing their land. Um, And not only that, but they were fighting the Spanish. They were fighting the French. They were fighting all these other countries who were trying to claim that land as well. So they had dumped, oh, I don't know how much money, but, you know, they were running pretty much the whole world at that point, and they were dumping a vast majority of of their money and their gold into these colonies. So the the Revolutionary War started because they started taxing the colonies because they're like, hey, we dumped all this money into you. We need money back. And yes, they went excessive with it and started taxing where they didn't need to, hence the Revolutionary War. But I don't think 
see, but the thing is, say they were the bad guys. It was guys. just the Civil War, except the people that seceded won this time. That's what... <laughs> yeah, well, that what I'm saying is, yeah, exactly. You're right. So what if the South would have won? The North would have been the bad guys. What if the British would have won long before that? The American colonists would have been the bad guys. They would have been the rebels. Yeah. The rebels that got smashed, and therefore, here's this new great British nation. There's a show that, that I like watching. Um, it's called Man in the High Tower. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, I have heard of it. Is that the one where like it's the <laughs> world if the Nazis would have won? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So it's, it's America, and... Everything east of the Mississippi is the New Reich. Everything, no, no, everything east of the Rockies is the New Reich. Everything west of the Rockies is Japanese Empire. And it's a whole, it's a whole storyline of history that's written out as if the germ, the, um, the Axis would have won World War II. Dude, can you imagine if someone made a show or movie or wrote a book that was like historical fiction from the perspective of the Canaanites of like mothers talking to their children, like the bloodthirsty Israelites are out there. They're, they're wiping our entire nation off the face mm-hmm. of the earth and their bloodthirsty God is coming. And the, <laughs> and the thing, the thing that throws people off and the question that's in my mind as well, what if the Israelites just wanted that land? So they went into it and then took it and then wrote about it in their books. Like God gave us this land. I mean, you see nowadays. People... I mean, the conquer to the conqueror goes the truth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know. No, I got you. That that's kind of what I'm saying about my favorite heresy is that I'm gonna take all of that into account whenever I'm reading the Bible. Yeah, and I'm not looking for, you know, like justifying the literal events that happened. I'm looking for the spiritual truth in the story that's given. You know what I mean? Like, was Abraham a real dude? Very possibly. Does it totally wreck my faith if Abraham wasn't a real dude? Absolutely not. Because the spiritual truth still exists and is relevant to me whether he was a true person or not. Now, I mean, it, it's, I, I don't know, I kind of believe that Abraham probably was a true person uh, based on how many religions are based off of him and his story. I mean, it would be hard to believe that it's just... Uh, a myth perpetuated by yeah that's going back to the patriarchy of the the origins of the religion yeah like every abrahamic religion which is like most religion in the earth is based off of this abraham guy so it would make sense if he's a real dude it's kind of hard to refute that he wasn't but uh, again we're getting into stuff that doesn't necessarily matter to me because i'm looking at the spiritual truth hidden in the bible the stuff, I really take it very seriously, that time where Jesus says, you look to the scriptures for life, but the scriptures point to me. And that's all I'm ever going to need them to do. You know, the Bible, whether it's true or not, not really caring. I'm just looking in it as to how it points me to Jesus. Because that guy, totally worth following, in my opinion. Yeah. So if I just look at it all, and all it ever does is is it's just... Even if it's just all a story that points to Christ, I'm okay with it. So that's my favorite thing to say that upsets Christians. Is they're like, no, it was all historically real. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't need yeah. to be for it to still be good. Eh. Well, and that's when people kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Because then 
then when you're backing up the entirety of the Bible as literal truth, then you have to deal with genocide ordered yeah, by God. <laughs> you have to you have to deal with genocide and um, just these huge atrocities that that just destroyed. I mean, when you're talking about you know the last plague on the on the uh, Egyptians, man. Where yeah, firstborn every, son, everybody is dead. Yeah, how would you, how everyone who believes right now, how would you feel if the nation we're living in right now, America, God ordered everybody who wasn't a Christian, everyone's firstborn son died? Are you cool with would that? Would you follow that God? Are you cool with that? And these are the types of questions I ask myself. And these are the types of questions that led me or for the longest time while I was like, do I believe in this God? But I have to bring myself to the conclusion that he's more than what's written in this book. Or even take it closer to home and like let's look at a nation that's really bad, like really messed up. Let's say Egypt was China. as bad as, I don't know, uh, communist China or uh, North Korea. Are you good with the firstborn child, no matter the age, you know, newborn to... 30-year-old man. Yeah. yeah. Are you okay with all of those people dying in North Korea? Is that like a good thing to you? Uh, it's really probably not for me. It's going to be a no. Yeah. I don't want them all to die. And that's the dilemma of backing up the entire scripture as literal truth. You have to back those things up. And then you back yourself in a corner. And that's where people get into this scuffle of like the Bible contradicts itself. And if you read it, openly it kind of does i mean there's ways to rationalize it but there is in my opinion the easiest way is that the entire nature of god from old testament to new testament contradicts itself yeah i mean there are definitely some discrepancies where you're like oh so you're just having a day that day you're just <laughs> is that why you were acting different then <laughs> right you know <laughs> like but um the veil was torn now, so you couldn't you couldn't love us before, but now you can? No, totally different. We just couldn't be in closeness. Now we can. Okay. It's not love. Love from a distance is what it was. Okay. No. no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that it's, I really believe that the Bible isn't a bad thing. Do I believe everything we just talked about? That like there are some things that happen in the Bible that I totally don't agree with and wouldn't condone and don't understand? Yes. But I still think it's a good thing if you look at it through the right lens where you're looking for the spiritual truth that just points to Jesus. If you're looking for that, you can find good in almost all of the Bible. There's some parts you should skip because they're weird, like Song of Solomon. And I don't really, I don't feel Jesus when he's just talking about his girlfriend's breasts and her neck is like an ivory tower. I'm not feeling it. So you can skip that part. But... um. So, yeah, uh, favorite heresies. How is that attractive? Your neck is an ivory tower. I don't know, man. I mean, he was just in the moment. He was, like, feeling it. He was probably wasted, probably <laughs> on some, re like, all lathered up in essential oils, and he didn't know what he was saying. He was just <laughs> What is this stuff? I feel great. He's like, oh, yeah. Tide pods, you say? Yeah. <laughs> Never had these before. <laughs> all right, um... No. Okay. Now to switch it up because it's talking about favorite heresy is fun. <laughs> Keith, what's your, light. what's your favorite Bible verse? 
I said something light. Mm, nope. Heavy. <laughs> heavy. Oh. You can make it light. You could be like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's a pretty good one. I mean, I like that verse, but. Favorite Bible verse. You could be like, Jesus wept. <laughs> uh, what's that one verse in Romans about the homosexuals? Dang. I'm Why did you do that? <laughs> Jeez. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So my favorite verse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a uh, favorite verse. I mm. Dude, I have to go back to, damn, I can't even remember anymore. Uh, Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. Where's my phone? I'm looking it up. I'm going to see if you know what you're talking about or if you're just one of the, another one of these TV preachers. No, 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 no. It's Ephesians 1, 19 <laughs> through 24, I believe. For you are no longer. Oh, I'm gonna have to edit a lot of this blank space out. But uh, oh no, it's good. You're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's holy household, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the cornerstone. Um, dang, Keith knows his Bible. What? 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 What is the reference here? Ephesians 1, 19 through 24. What? That's not a verse, fam. That's a freaking... It's my favorite spot in the epilogue. Bible, dude. It's, it's just great, man. <laughs> I don't get into the theological verses like, here's what hell is. Here's what heaven is. Here's what being a sinful man is. Here's what following God is. Like, I, I like... first, guys. Keith doesn't care about the real stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like the uh, the verses that tell me how to live, that tell me who I am to God um, so that one right there, that was the first verse that um, that really spoke to me as a Christian, like when I first got saved, because um, it was talking about who I am and what what God thinks of me. Like I am a part of His household now. I'm being built together as His house um, in the same way that Christ Jesus is building together the church. So, mm. um, like, what, uh, like God called me. Is in. it the verse about the cornerstone? Yeah. Yeah, like like God God called me in to be a part of his household. And, you know, it's something that I can I can fight and I can, you know, try and figure out for the rest of my life. Um or I can just yield to it, you know, and just understand this who he made me to be and I don't understand. I don't get it. There's still a lot of shit that I'm trying to figure out, but trying to fight him i don't feel like that's really going to get me the answers i'm looking for and that's that's really the revelation the truth. no it's okay it's okay to say that well, this is a safe place <laughs> Keith. you can say revelation here that's really the the uh understanding that i came to a few weeks ago of like you know i can run from you my entire life but i'm never going to find the answers that i'm looking for doing that so I mean, I'm okay with saying that I'm a Christian and still struggling with these things because now I can look at things like anthropology and I can look at things like evolutionary science and I can also do things like talk to God and I can also do things like look at the Bible and study the genealogies and study the, um, you know, the ancient antiquities of the Bible and the Ooh. the truths that are in there, not just truths like spiritual truths but actual yeah. historical documentation that's in it as well so so yeah 
I'm okay to search on both ends and still be okay with being a Christian. So, yeah, no, that's that's, that's awesome. a long description for what is your favorite Bible verse. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? We just when I asked you what your favorite <laughs> heresy was, I think it was longer than that. Maybe that was. More. I haven't even thought about Bible verses in forever. You said that. I know, right? That's why I, I, I knew. Froze. I, I knew like, I was going to catch oh. you off guard. That's why I was. <laughs> I had that one. The whole heresy conversation. I had that pocketed. Like, oh, this is going to be the next one. So you got me. Boom. All right, Ben. What's your favorite Bible oh, verse? Oh, dude, I wasn't ready for that. I don't know. Is it also the one about homosexuals? Mm-mm. Nope. It's actually the one uh, <laughs> Leviticus thirteen. It talks about like if there's white hair on the scab then they need to be quarantined for seven days oh okay okay. outside the no i'm just kidding (laughs) the one about mildew and leviticus uh, i like the the, you know the end of jezebel story where they tore her up and fed her to the dogs yeah they ate everything but her hands and feet yeah i mean that was that witch (laughs) which is crazy because while like like dogs usually like to eat the hand the the feet of any animal you throw at them really how do you know this? What dogs have you been feeding stuff to? Well, like when I go hunting with Nate and he like, you know, hunts a rabbit or something, he'll cut it up and we'll cook it and he'll feed the feet to Tina and she'll crunch them up, dude. The feet, she loves skulls. Weird. She loves like what rabbit bru- brains. brutal, savage animal. Dude, animals are, f- dude. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> Uh, intense, I love bro. skulls. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I gotta cover my ears when she does it too, because it's just oh, you man. can hear oh, the the skull just geez. cracking. All right, there's a bunch of other people that just turned off the podcast because <laughs> they couldn't handle that. Mm. Anyways, what's your favorite? What's your man. favorite scripture, man? Oh, there's so many good ones. Uh, I want to get the references right here. Uh, it's definitely a toss up between that verse in Philippians. I think it's one six. Uh, this is a cliche cliche AF, but I don't care. I don't remember it. Uh, yeah. Philippians one six. And so I'm sure that God who began a good work in you will carry it out until it is finished on the day of Christ. Boom. So I, I just liked, I like the thought of thinking that Jesus isn't done with me. Um, and that there's more for me to see and more for me to do. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really cool to ponder that like, it's just not, it's not, I don't know. As long as I'm alive, it's not over. God's got more and he's got good stuff for me. So that's a really good one. Uh, can I interject for a second? No, no. Yeah. So I'm going to. So that verse reminded me of a scripture that... Uh, oh, great. Here we that, go. Preacher man. No, it reminds me of a scripture that Tom used to say all the time. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, <laughs> no, no, no. What is it? No, because uh, I just have a funny remark to say. So do you remember he used to say, it's God working in you to willing to willing to act according to his good pleasure? He used to say it all the time. I think so, yeah. No, that was like one of his, one of his uh, catchphrase scriptures. So, like, if I was talking to him, I'd be like, so it was God working in me until I disagreed with you, and it led me a different direction. Then it wasn't God? <laughs> what? Who was who it then? Well, because I completely agree with God, so if you disagree with me, then you definitely disagree with God. <laughs> Did I stop listening to God and start listening to the devil? Is that what happened? Are you trying to... Are you 
nothing really changed. I mean, this I've isn't had... specific to our ex pastor. <laughs> this is just specific to all pastors. I feel like they're like, hey, yeah. did you just disagree with God? No, 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 no. That was you, pastor. That's what I said. <laughs> i didn't disagree with god just you why wouldn't every pastor believe that they're totally in agreement with god if they thought they weren't uh then they'd be like oh i suck i need to repent yeah but because they're fully convinced uh that creates a real conflict of interest when you disagree with them however i think pastors should be a lot more willing to evaluate the way that they believe and the way that they think and like oh maybe i was missing it Maybe I should evaluate myself rather than default to believing that I am totally correct. Uh, just a thought. Um, Boom. No, I don't know, man. I think if I was if I was going to get rid of all of the Bible, though, and only get to keep a piece of it, I would definitely choose to keep Luke 15, where which is the Tell story. me about it, son. That's the story of the prodigal son. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Pilgrims and Prodigals, it's in the name. But no, it's literally... Like the most refreshing. <laughs> I should know that one. Huh? <laughs> it's literally like the most refreshing portion of scripture I've ever read in my life, because it talks about how this guy just literally screws up everything, makes every bad choice, scorns the people that love him the most, demands his own way, is completely selfish, and just literally takes a huge crap on everyone in his life that matters to him or should matter to him. And then after it's all over, and he's like, "Dang." I suck. And he has this revelation that he's not worth a whole lot. Uh, his dad on the way back, like, I don't know if for people that don't read the Bible, if this is the first time you're hearing the story, it's totally freaking amazing. But this, this kid just literally craps on everything that should matter to him, messes up his life. And then re- when he realizes that he's messed it up and he's not really worth a whole lot, He's like, I'll go back to my dad and I'll be a servant because I'm not yeah. worthy to be a son. And his dad totally flips the scripts and says, you know, he's just like literally waiting on the porch for him to come back. And when he sees him in the distance, instead of the logical reaction that you would think that a, a smart person or God would have, there's a totally illogical reaction that's 100% based on love. The dad gets up off the porch and runs to his son because he's so happy to see him and throws his arms around him. And the son's like, dad, I'm not worth being a son. So can I be a service, a servant? And he's like, boy, I'll tell you, we are about to throw a party. My son who was dead is now alive. And this is the greatest day of my life. And it just like, I don't know. It helps me through a lot of stuff because there's a lot of times that I personally feel like I, I really messed that up or I'm not worth a whole lot right yeah. now. Or, you know, that's a totally common feeling in humanity. And it's not a very common reaction to receive total unconditional I love you and I never didn't love you as a response to feeling that way. So what's well, the attraction, the attractiveness of God is right? that it just like no matter freaking what I love you. The reaction that you would expect, or maybe even the reaction you would give, it's not what you get. So it makes you sweat from your eyeballs, you know? Yeah, you no, know there's I mean? a lot of stuff about God that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like how he still loves terrible people. That doesn't make a lot of sense. It's messed up. Yeah, and how he... Dude, you know, I've had moments where I'm literally like, why? Like, why the f- do you love me? <laughs> 
All I do is mess up. Yeah. No, is it? But it's so good. It's like some kind of primal, like, oh, you still love me. Like, it's it's really cool. Yeah. I don't know, man. Not Un- something that I've never been able to run from. Yeah. So. Unconditional love is the reason that I'm a Christian. That's probably the... Yeah. And, and to me, I think the best source of that is God. Because, uh, I don't know, as humans, we just put so many conditions on everything. And there's plenty of times in Scripture, most 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 pertinently revealed in Luke 15, that God's love does not have conditions. But then we can look at other Scriptures, like where God sends people to hell, and it seems like that love does have conditions. And that's where we get into this whole, like, man, and the Bible's hard to understand. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what brings me to the spot where it's like, that I can't believe in that that hell. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, then I guess I'm just screwed. Whatever, but it's either it's either don't believe in God, or just accept the fact that I don't believe in hell. Would you rather? Mm. So anyone out there who wants to challenge that kind of thinking, would you rather have me not believe in God or not believe in hell? You make your choice. Yeah. No. I. It's kind of interesting to think about, like, because it's going to be one of the two. If I if I have to come to this conclusion that there's this God that's going to throw people into eternal conscious torment for the rest of eternity, then I don't want to follow that. I'm not going to follow that. If I were to come under some realization, some revelation, some proof that someone could show me that hell does in fact exist and that it is eternal, it is conscious, it is tormentive, and anyone who doesn't call in the name of Jesus will go there, then that is the day I will stop being a Christian. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think that God, do you think that anyone who doesn't believe in hell will be allowed into heaven? Because, I mean, based on so. ba- based on my reading of the Bible, I don't think that's one of the conditions yeah. of being saved. I mean, they're... I'm focused on I'm wanting pretty, to know God. I the, could give a shit less about hell. It, like, the thief on the cross... Uh, wasn't like uh, oh God, escape judgment. <sighs> yeah, no, he's he's like I deserve what I'm getting. Okay, that's good. You realize that you're you have failed somehow, and you realize that there is a person who will erase your failures and make you okay. Mm. And the other one was just a troll. And then and then Jesus was like, but for real though, thief. Uh, annihilation or eternal torment. You're going to have to pick one because that's going to kind of affect whether you get to be with me in paradise today or not. Yeah. So, uh, and get, I'm okay with the get fact... back to me on that before you die. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm okay with the fact that, you know, there is, there are the elect and there are those that will not be with God. Oh, that, that's deep. I don't think that everyone is going to heaven because you are a human being. I, I don't understand what the merits of it are. All I know is I want to go after God, and if I'm doing it wrong, then I don't I don't know. I guess I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> quick. Let's do a quick finish round. Okay. Uh, what is round. your favorite thing in the last year and a half of doing the podcast? What is the greatest Ooh, thing you've gotten out of it so good keith oh my it's like you wrote that ahead of time Boom, nope. which we definitely didn't this is a broadcast this is <laughs> this totally is the, off the, the cuff. broadcast <laughs> i don't even have cuffs yeah 
I don't know where that came from. <laughs> They're off. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, favorite thing that's happened to me in the podcast. Favorite thing I've you've got gotten out, out of, of it. Podcast. Favorite thing that's happened. I would say the conversations that I've had with people outside the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, like at work, whenever someone, uh, whenever the podcast comes up and I'm having a conversation with someone that's not a Christian or is a Christian, I love the fact that our honest conversations that we've had on the podcast are a great launching pad for me to have more honest conversations with people in my day-to-day life that I actually interact with. And uh, not that I don't actually interact with the people on the podcast, but like stuff that is normal life and would not normally be interesting. Um, it's given me a gateway to open up a bunch of religious and political conversations in it in an actually chill and not polarized way with real people. Uh, like to name a few, I don't know if they listen to the podcast anymore, but they were at one point, uh, Wesley Puckett, Kenny Cox, Scott Crisp, um, just name a few people, Matt Falkenberg, just people that I've in my real life that I've been able to have. This podcast has opened the door for me to have really good conversations about religion and politics with them. Uh, yeah. So it's been like a key to really good conversations in real life. It's a launching pad for that. And then I appreciate this podcast for that. Yeah. For that reason. All right, Keith, your turn. I did, I did mine. What's your favorite thing that's come out of the podcast? Um, other than the excuse to buy a bunch of new gear. I know uh, that's it. It's over. That's it. That's no, it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I will say that I'll, I hinted at it in the last episode, but Dude, the technical technological advancement we've made from like starting the podcast and it was like a laptop and I had a single mic hookup and you had a single mic hookup that you skyped in with, like that was our that was our and I think that lasted for like maybe two episodes and then you just started coming over. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just easier and better. But from then, I mean, I won't go into detail of like every different item we've bought or how I've upgraded, which some of them have been for other things. Like I do PC gaming now. So obviously I needed a beast of a computer to do that on. But I mean, just the advancements we've been able to make as a podcast, um, not just me personally, but the fact that, you know, we can sustainably live stream content. We can get things up and edit like the episode tonight that I'm going to edit. Um, on the old laptop would have taken me, you know, an hour to edit, you know, to put the compressor. That's a 10 minute process. The equalizer is a 10 minute process. And, you know, I can do that in a matter of like 30 seconds now. So, I mean, the technological advancement, so that's been really good, but the greatest part for me has been just building like a real community of people who are like-minded. We talked to Rebecca on the last podcast and, you know, she was talking about how it's, it's cool to just, talk with people who think like her a little bit. And I think that's I think that's kind of what people want. And I think that's kind of that that's something that when I was first leaving the church that we were a part of, I didn't know where to go for that because now I'm in a spot where like everything I believed is kind of falling apart now. I'm questioning what I believe, uh 
whether this church thing is actually the right way to do it. Because at, at first, what I believed wasn't even on the on the table. It wasn't even a question. Our, our original goal, which is kind of like morphed and grown and has kind of matured um, throughout the podcast, was to just talk about things that were kind of messed up in church. That was literally the the goal of starting the podcast. It had nothing to do with what we believed or anything. But I like that it's kind of morphed into that because we still talk about church and stuff a lot too. So it's it's kind of grown and matured into like a whole community of questioning things at large. But um, honestly, just, you know, the Facebook group interacting with different people, we're now getting to the point where, you know, we have effectively reached outside of our friend group. I don't think you. any of your I don't think any of our friends even interact like really with the podcast anymore. I don't know any of our friends that on a consistent basis really do. Joseph Shipley, he's like on the podcast. But like in our Nate's in the logo now. No, I'm just kidding. Well, well, yeah, I would consider he's like more of a co host now, but Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm talking about people totally. who He's are, on like more than me, I feel like. <laughs> I mean I know, right? I need to step up my game. No, <laughs> at, at least as much as me. But I guess that's not what you're talking about. No, you're I mean people about... in our immediate friend group that we left the church. I oh mean, yeah, yeah. All those guys. I mean, I think Laura still listens every once in a while. She still listens to it because I remember the episode where I was kind of talking shit about Ryan, and she kind of she got mad about that one. I I apologize. I did, Ooh. and I apologize to her and Ryan. It's when the whole house church thing was going down. I was all emotional. I didn't. I was scared and didn't want to start a church again, so I was retaliating, and it was bad. Uh, yeah, I said some Freaking stuff I jerk. shouldn't have. That, Freaking jerk. That is the only time on this podcast that I will say I said something that I shouldn't have. Everything else I'll claim. But, wow. And even then, I wouldn't take it down because you were like, uh, "Dude, maybe you should take that episode down." I was like, "No." not doing it yeah no i think we established that pretty well on episode three that like if that's how you feel that's how you feel you gotta own it yeah you know what i mean like you can't just like pretend you don't feel a way or like it pretend you don't talk a certain way or pretend you know there's no point it's totally disingenuous to edit yourself but it's okay to regret things you've said but it's just not right to edit yourself yeah but on the opposite end being real and being an asshole are two completely different things you you got to know no, which is I'm, which and be able to say okay no. that wasn't that wasn't nice I shouldn't have done that no but I mean but you don't edit it you own it and no. then change you're like yeah, no it's it. not like what I said anyone listening can go back and check it out I don't remember what episode it was it's not like but... what you said what you weren't being like I mean it's not just like you were acting like an asshole on that episode you were I was and then you had and to like wrong. oh man that's really me and I need to like adjust myself accordingly yeah so i mean in much the same way i think that's the way that our that's our podcast motto is that like hey that was really me and i really did that i'm sorry yeah (laughs) but yeah i would have to say number one thing that we've done here is just building a community um you know we're reaching out effectively beyond our friend group interacting with people from other cultures other lifestyles who are interested in Jesus and theology and, you know, other, I mean, we're, we have people who other are continents, other continents. <laughs> we had 15 plays from the Philippines this week. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. I haven't been checking that out in a minute. 15 plays from the Philippines. We've got 11 or 12 plays from, uh, the UK. 
Yeah. We've got, we had one play in France. So whoever you are, French man or woman, French man or woman? Yeah. Frenchman? Frenchman? Thank you. You are you French people? We love you. I hope you are eating a nice baguette. Oh, are we doing this? Are we transitioning? Is this the ending? Uh, sure. I I want to say something though. Okay, go ahead. So, um, obviously, I don't know if anyone's checked it out yet, but on the Facebook page, on all of our pot, on our podcast, RSS feed, and everything, I've changed the logo to our new logo. Now, with that, we have some other logos and other stuff that we have. Um, We want to start selling some merch and printing those logos on things like coffee cups, hats, sweaters, T-shirts. But the thing is, we need kind of like a startup fund to do that. And since doing this podcast, we've never asked anybody for money or anything. But um, if you guys like listening to the podcast if you like if you support what we're doing or just like the way the logo looks we've got a black and white version we've got a christmas version um different um styles of logos i'll I'll post all that stuff up on patreon but uh if you guys could head over to patreon and support us and become a subscriber there um we're i've actually thought about the idea of put putting together extra episodes like bonus episodes like more raw uncensored episodes where because believe it or not i actually do censor myself a lot on the podcast so just being able to be more real more of an asshole um to the people that i know support us um and also putting out gear maybe once we hit a limit we can send out like you know a coffee cup to everyone who supports us like a free coffee cup once we hit a certain limit um but that's something i would like to do so if you like what we do and want to support us in that way, please head over to Patreon um, at Pilgrims and Prodigals Podcast. Um, I'll link it in the description. But yeah. And um, what we can do is also to gather funds, we can probably just like put out, uh, you know, advertise merch. And then once we hit a certain goal, like of, you know, we're probably not going to just do a merch order for two hoodies. If so, you know, if no, like 10 no, no. people or so want some, then we can order a batch. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, get the Patreon subscriptions going and get a good amount of, um, influx actually coming in. Um, and then we can start printing those and we can start getting those orders rolling. But, um, you know, we need your support. We need your help. Cause, uh, you know, we can't sustain this by ourselves forever. And we really, we would like to keep this going. And obvi- obviously that's going to keep going regardless. But we would like to take step tight to start. Damn, I cannot talk. We would like to start taking steps further, putting some merch stuff together, getting some extra episodes. I would love to do extra episodes where I could be even more uncensored than I already am. Because I could rant and I could talk shit about all kinds of stuff. So that'd be fun. Um, if you haven't yet, go over to our Facebook page. Um, join our group. You can hit us up on Twitter, on the Instagram that we don't use. Um, I think that's about all of our social medias. So, yeah. Head on over to iTunes. Give us a review and a rating if you haven't already. You know, you're sitting there eating your French baguette. Just head, head over to <laughs> iTunes. Oh my God. I'm going to do to this Frenchman exactly what we did to our Japanese li- listeners. Yeah. We ran them all away. Drive just so, them away. Just so you guys know, we had an average of like. Wh- 
we did take like a three month stint as well. Yeah, that's and, where, I think that's where we really lost some radio silence. But we did pick on the Japanese a lot. I'm sorry. Wow, I don't think that's the right way to say that. We did not. We just mentioned them and made them feel awkward. I think that's a lot different than picking on the Japanese. <laughs> we did not do that. <laughs> we just mentioned our Japanese listeners because we loved them so much, and I think we made the relationship awkward. But <laughs> we, we uh, might have. Uh, either way, um, we're just we're just two white dudes from the Midwest, America. So I mean, yeah. Well, I don't see color, so I don't know what I am. But, no. <laughs> if you listen to this episode all the way to this point especially surviving that last little bit i mean i really love you you must care about what we care about or else you know this is uh your phone is not near you and you wish you could turn it off but you're busy washing dishes or something mm-hmm. and you weren't able to either way sorry you ended up getting loved by me because you listened to the whole episode Boom. so Thank you guys for listening again. Thank you guys for all of your support uh, in the Facebook group, on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever it is. All of your support means a heck of a lot to me because this podcast means a heck of a lot to me. Thanks for supporting um, what we're doing here. Um, you mean a lot. I know I just said that like three times, Don't but if, you know, if I, if I, if I said it less, it wouldn't be Ben. I have to say everything that I really mean at least five times. At I'm, least. Because I used to be a preacher, and that just kind of sticks with you. Every time you mean yeah. something, you're going to say it like five But you times. have to say it in a new way every time. Yeah, yeah, very slightly different. <laughs> yep, so the love I have for you guys is real. And, uh, very cool. Just... <laughs> also, also, like a pastor, every podcast has like eight endings. We're wrapping it up eight different times, just like a yeah. sermon. That's no. why the music is so long. I mean, it's just because we can't just end it normally. God dang. <laughs> All right. No, hey. Uh, love you guys. Uh, peace off. Peace off.